0: Well today is Galvete Sunday when relaxing ever so slightly the intensity of our Advent preparations, we rejoice over the coming of our long for Messiah at Christmas time. And we see this in our readings today. So In Isaiah, the prophet speaking in the person of the Messiah, he says that the Lord has anointed me. Now, this word uh, "anointed" is a Hebrew uh, verb, "mashah," and it's the root of another Hebrew word, "mashiach," which is where we get our English word "Messiah." And we see in the Gospel of John this extensive discussion and conversation between the Jewish priests and John the Baptist about the Messiah. And John is at pains to make it clear that he is not the Messiah, but that he is the forerunner of the Messiah. And we see the theme of joy as well, this theme of rejoicing. St. Paul says to us, Rejoice always. But only after Isaiah has just got done telling us to rejoice, or that he rejoices heartily in the Lord. And so, what is the connection here between rejoicing and the Messiah? Well, the rejoicing is over the salvific righteousness that the Messiah will announce and will usher into the world. And this joy, this rejoicing as we learn from the prophet Isaiah is all that much more intense simply because it is a salvation that is destined for all the nations. All the nations of the world. That's us. We are from among the nations. As Isaiah says, God will make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. So that salvation would come to all the nations was a signature earmark of all the prophetic oracles in the Old Testament, that the Messiah would bring salvation not just to the Jewish nation, but to all the nations of the world. That is the sign, or one of the signs, one of the major signs by which the Messiah would be known. Now, in contrast to John the Baptist, who made it clear he was not the Messiah, there have been, since John's day, many Jewish preachers who have come along and have claimed to be the Messiah, the longed-for Messiah that was prophesied by Isaiah and the other prophets. But we need to ask ourselves the question among all of these messianic claimants might credibly be thought to have brought salvation to all the nations. And so let's just look at a few. In the 17th century, there was a Jewish preacher and mystic and rabbinical scholar by the name of Shabtite be and he was born in Turkey, and he uh, had a, a remarkably successful preaching career, he traveled extensively all throughout the Ottoman Empire and all throughout Europe, and in fact, within the short space of only about 10 or 15 years, he had convinced half of the world's Jewish population that he was the Messiah. Well, there were high hopes for this man, uh, and these hopes were dashed when he had a confrontation with the Ottoman Sultan uh, in September of 1666. And his followers, Shabtai's followers, had hoped that uh, they had imagined the scenario in which the Sultan would take off his crown and give it to Shabtai. Well, that didn't happen. Actually, the Sultan uh, said to Shabtai, either you convert to Islam or I kill you. And, uh, And Shabtai converted to Islam. And he lived another ten years under Ottoman rule as a Muslim. Strangely enough, a very small fraction, albeit of his followers, continued to believe that he was the Messiah. And even after he died for a number of generations, there was a very small group, almost a secret society, if you will, of underground Jewish believers in Shabtai. But they eventually uh, died out and came to nothing. And they never uh, garnered any support from non-Jews. Well, there was another Messianic claimant that we can speak about from the 8th century, from Persia. A man by the name of Abu Isa, And he, like Shaptai, was a great preacher, a great mystic. And, uh, but in addition, he was also a great military leader. He gathered around himself a, a very sizable army and was quite successful in a number of battles leading his Jewish forces against the Muslim uh, forces. And he was quite successful. But eventually he, he was killed in battle. And unlike Shabtai, there were a a very small number of uh, Jewish believers that continued on for a few generations believing that he was the Messiah, but they eventually just disappeared. And again, they never uh, garnered any support from non-Jewish people. And then finally, uh, it would be worth uh, mentioning a very well-known Messianic claimant by the name of Bar Kosovo from the 2nd century, and he led uh, the Jewish, the entire Jewish nation against the Roman Empire in what is known to history as the Second Jewish War, and he was remarkably successful in his military endeavors, and in fact, he reestablished the nation of Israel as an independent nation for an entire three years, and he, and he ruled it as king. But eventually, the Romans were successful in putting down his rebellion, and he was killed by his own people, in fact, and his messianic movement came to absolutely nothing. Well, these three figures are only among the more famous messianic claimants that history has seen. In fact, there have been dozens of others, uh, dozens of other Jewish leaders all across history who have claimed to be the Messiah, and uh, all of them, to a man, have gathered a following at first, but eventually came to uh, a violent, or at least a disappointing and anticlimactic end but also we should uh, we should mention one final messianic claimant i'm speaking here about jesus of nazareth who preached in the first half of the first century like the other messianic claimants I already mentioned he too jesus gathered around himself a sizable following at first but he too came to uh, disappointing end. He was he was conspired against by his own co-religionists and in fact the the Roman authorities executed him as a a political agitator yet here is where Jesus' similarity to these other messianic claimants comes to an end And, and here is where a novelty in world history, suddenly appears. Only a few weeks after Jesus' execution, his Jewish disciples did not diminish, but they began to grow, and they grew by the thousands, and they came to include numerous Gentile believers, non-Jewish believers, and by the end of the fourth century, half of the Gentile or non-Jewish population of the Roman Empire recognized Jesus of Nazareth as the longed-for Messiah, and today there are billions of followers of Jesus from all among the nations. How might one explain this remarkable historical fact, this historical novelty, unique and singular historical novelty? Well, I suggest to you all that the best explanation is that Jesus of Nazareth really is who he claimed to be, the longed for and promised Messiah who would bring salvation to all the nations. Indeed, our faith knows that our Lord's tragic death was not his final end, but was rather the source of the supernatural life of grace for the salvation of all human beings, and the matrix out of which was born the indestructible life of the resurrection. And this our faith is shared by billions of men and women from all the nations of the world, both young and old, from every social class and educational and economic background. Our faith is no esoteric science of an elitist sect, but is rather the clear and open fulfillment of prophecy. A fulfillment made plain before all the nations. A fulfillment that is recognized in the broad daylight of honest inquiry. A fulfillment that commends itself to every conscience that yearns for truth and goodness. A fulfillment that demonstrates that the God of Jesus is the Lord and Master of History. And what is there then but to rejoice as we await the coming of our Savior on Christmas Day? If God is the Lord and Master of world history, what can, why can He not be the Lord and Master of each one of our personal histories? What trouble or sin or darkness or sorrow could we possibly meet in this short and fleeting life that could in an absolute way take from us our joy? the coming of our Lord. God is in control of history, and he is in control of our lives. He has sent us the Messiah. There is nothing that can disappoint us. Let us then rejoice over the light that has scattered our darkness, and let us give thanks to God for the advent of Jesus, our Savior. As St. Paul says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances, give thanks.